So, the Bible says that Satan deceives the whole world. Now, that's, you know, I have to confess that a lot of people are just not willing to believe that, especially religious people. They're, they're not willing to believe that Satan deceives the whole world because Satan's main priority would be top on the list is religion. So the area that he works the hardest at, it would be in the area of religion to deceive then you have government, then you have education, then you have the media, entertainment. These are all areas that he deceives the world in. But at top priority, his top agenda is in the area of religion. And so we don't want to admit that. We don't want to think that could be true. We like to think, like a guy I met recently, he said he believed all religion was good. Speaking of mainstream Christianity, that it's all good. All churches are good. They all have the truth, right? No, 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 they don't. Uh, believe it or not. So we have this verse that says, okay, Satan is, the, is, is deceives the whole world. Then we have another verse, 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 4. It says, refers to Satan as the God of this world. The God of this world. I mean, that, that this is hard to wrap your minds around. I mean, where do we stand in a world where Satan is referred to as the God of this world? Secondly, he's referred to in Revelation 12 and verse 9 as the serpent that deceives the whole world. Okay, then if that's true, where do we stand as human beings? Well, void of the Spirit of God, you don't have a chance. You don't have a chance, void of the Spirit of God. Because, you see, there are two deeply religious spirit beings out there. There is God, who is, who is well, okay, religious. Morality, let's, let's call God a God of morality. He knows what is right and what is wrong. That's who God is. And he tells us what is right and what is wrong. Then you have this other deeply religious being, called Satan the devil, who loves religion. You know, remember his, his comment? He said, I, won't, I will be like the Most High. Not different, but like the Most High. He is deeply religious. So void of the spirit, spirit of God, we don't stand a chance. Now, there's a reason the Bible says, now if any man have not the Spirit of, of Christ, he is none of his. In other words, if you don't have the Spirit, you belong to somebody else. You belong to another deeply religious spirit being. Is That Really in the Bible presents... The Teaching Ministry of David Freeman. Now, I want to talk about the importance of realizing our identity in Christ. Now, again, I am not talking to, you know, again, I, I'm not just talking to everybody out here. I'm not just talking to religious people. I am talking to people who have repented of their sins, gone down in the waters of baptism, have hands laid on them for the receiving of the Holy Spirit of God. I'm talking to people who can absolutely say, I know I have 
the Holy Spirit of God, the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God dwelling inside of me. I know that for a fact. Okay, if that describes you, let's get with this. The importance of realizing our identity in Christ. Now, the reason this is important is because of a verse in Ephesians 6 and verse 12 that tells us this. It says, For our struggle is not against enemies of flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present dark darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So what is your battle really all about? Well, it's, it's not what you think it's about. It's not about other people. And it's not even about the, your own inner compulsions, your desires that sometimes trip you up and you think, well, I'm just struggling with an issue of addiction or sin or whatever, you know, that's going on in my life, something I've struggled with for a long time. No, that's not the struggle. The struggle is you're, you're against the cosmic powers of this present dark world, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Your battle really is a spiritual battle. It's not a fleshly battle. It's a spiritual battle against evil, against the God of this world, against the one who deceives the whole world. That's what your battle is against. Now, again, how do you fight this? Well, like I said, void of the Spirit of God, you don't. You're on the other side. You're serving the wrong God. You know, The God of this world is who you're serving if you don't have the Spirit of God. So, so how do you deal with this? Now, well, again, you, you must have the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, but even that is not enough. You must realize the, your identity in Christ, which involves knowing what the Word of God says about your identity in Christ. And that's what we're going to go through, through today. And this is a little bit different podcast. I'm going to be reading a lot of scriptures and then commenting on the scriptures. So, Let's let's go with this, the importance of realizing your identity in Christ in order to, to win this battle, to, to be an overcomer, and to face what you must face, which is a spiritual battle, a daily spiritual battle against the forces of evil. All right, Matthew 5 and verse 13 says this, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how can it, you know, what good is it if it's lost its taste? You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. This is what you are. Now, in order to understand your identity, what you have to do is take these verses and turn them into I am statements. This is how you get your identity and understand your identity in Christ. And it may be important to write this down. And, and uh, of course, you know I can send you a copy of this if you'd like. You can... Uh, write me or email me or, or respond to the podcast on the website and uh, just just say, send me this about the, your identity in Christ, these I am, I am statements. Okay, here, I am the salt of the earth. I am the light of the world. Now, this is your identity in Christ if you have the Holy Spirit of God. Now, why is this, this important? Well, it's because it's important because we don't view ourselves daily as this. You know, have, have you ever maybe deliberately changed a conversation that you were getting into because you knew where it was going? Maybe you knew it was going to go down the avenue of, of religion or someone asking you a question, and you really didn't want to go there. And so you deliberately uh, changed that direction of the conversation. Have you ever been shy or scared to answer according to your faith what you believe? 
And this is, doesn't say, I am the dung of the earth. It says, I am the salt of the earth. I am the light of the world. This is what you got to believe about yourself if you are to ever gain victory over darkness. And if you are to ever be a light to the world, you got to realize your identity. If you're ever to be an overcomer, to overcome your sins, you got to realize your identity. If you're going to fight this spiritual battle, you got to know your identity in Christ. I am the salt of the earth. I am the light of the world. Okay, next verse, John 1 and verse 12. It says, but to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become the children of God. Wow, children, sons of God. So the I am statement in your identity is I I am a child of God. Not I am useless, I am worthless, I am no good, I am a sinner. Yeah, I understand your sin. When you sin, you're a sinner, okay, but, but there's forgiveness. No, I am a child of God. You know, it was a book I read a long time ago, William Backus, uh, Truth Talks was the name of it. He said, the average person tells himself 200 lies a day. I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm no good, I'm useless. You know, 200 lies a day. Now, how are you going to counter that? You're telling yourself 200 lies a day. Okay, you got to counter that with understanding your identity in Christ. I am a child of God. Okay, John 15 and verse 15. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servants know not what his Lord does. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. So here, understanding your identity in Christ, I am Christ's friend. Now, what does that mean to you? To be a friend of God. You're not just some useless object that God just sort of overlooks and dismisses and gets in the way and you know you got to tolerate God has to tolerate you daily and he's getting fed up with it because you just keep messing up and you just you know you're always screwing up you're always doing things wrong and and God just sort of has to tolerate you on a regular basis no no that's not who you are I am Christ's friend John 15 and verse 16, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go forth and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever you ask of the father in my name, he may give it to you. Okay. Your identity in Christ. I am chosen and appointed by Christ to bear his fruit. Yeah, there's something, you know, you, you work for God, okay? You work for Christ. There's something that he wants you to do. He wants you to bear fruit. And he says, you know, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Can you place confidence in the fact that the word of God in your identity with Christ, Christ says, I have chosen you. God did not call you, choose you in spite of your weaknesses. He called you because of your weaknesses. And let let me say that again. God did not call you in spite or choose you in spite of your weakness. In other words, God didn't look at you and say, oh, boy, look at this pitiful idiot. He's a sinner. He's grossly and, you know, he's got all these weaknesses and things he's struggling with. I guess I got to call him. Oh, boy. 
this is not going to be good. No, God did not call you in spite of your weaknesses. He called you because of your weaknesses, because of your sins, because he's going to change you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And not only has he chosen you, you're going to bear fruit, whether you like it or not. You're going to do it because who's in control? God's in control. So the I am statement, your identity in Christ, I am chosen and appointed by Christ to bear his fruit. Romans 6 and verse 6, knowing this, that the old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, and that henceforth we should not serve sin. Okay, the I statement, the I am, your identity in Christ. I died with Christ and died to the power of sin's rule over my life. Now, I know you don't want to believe that, and I know how this works. You, when you first come into a relationship with God, when you're first baptized and receive the Holy Spirit of God, you, you think, this feels great. I'm never going to commit sin again. And you may go sometime, a month or maybe if you make it that far, but you go some, a period of time doing pretty good, and then you fall short and you sin. And you start looking at you, yourself as a sinner, and you forget your identity. No, I died with Christ and died to the power of sin's rule over my life. That's who you are in Christ. You're not some poor, pitiful failure of a sinner that is good for nothing than just making mistakes over and over again. No, that's not who you are. You died to the power of sin's rule over your life. Romans 6 and verse 18. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. Okay, the I am statement, statement identif- your identity in Christ, I am a slave of righteousness. Now, part of this, as we deal with this, is the terminology in the Bible. Often we don't like it. Because here it refers to you as a slave and you always sort of pride ourselves as being our own human being, you know, being our own selves and doing whatever, you know, I'm, I'm a self-actualizing person, and the last thing I am is a slave. And we don't like that, you know. But like it or not, I am a slave of righteousness to do the right thing. Not You're not a slave to do the wrong thing. You may think you are. But you're not. I am a slave of righteousness. Romans 8 and verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Okay, the I am statement is I am free forever from condemnation. Now, why do we say, why do we disagree with that? We say, no, I'm not. I condemn myself every day, and you may. You may be condemning yourself every day, especially when you make mistakes. Okay, I understand that. But who is it doing the condemning? It's you, you know. And it has to do with what you you believe. You're, you're failing to look at your identity in Christ. There is, therefore, no condemnation. I am free forever from condemnation. That's not coming from God, the condemnation. I tell you where it's coming from. It's coming from that evil spirit 
the spirit of our world, the satanic, demonic spirits that fight the fiery darts that come your way daily, especially when you make a mistake, especially when you sin, especially when you fall short. Those darts are coming at you 100 miles an hour. But you, I am free from condemnation, forever free from condemnation. That's your identity in Christ. Get used to it, okay? Accept it. All right. Romans 8 and verse 17. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Okay, your identity in Christ. I am a joint heir with Christ, sharing his inheritance with him. Now, what is Christ's own? You know, it's good, because life can be tough. Okay, life is not a bed of roses. There are times when we get down in life, and we need to focus on our inheritance. Well, what is our inheritance? Well, what does Christ own? He owns it all. He created it all. He owns everything, the other side of the universe, the Milky Way galaxy. His inheritance is, yes, things that we can see, the earth and the beauty of the earth and the beauty of the heavens and the beauty of the galaxies that we can see or whatever. Your inheritance is things you can't see, you cannot see. Uh, Also, it's not just things that you see. So Christ owns everything, and that's your inheritance. Now, you know, I I like this idea. I would like to have my own world because I'm not a people person. You know, I I get tensed up and nervous around people, and I, I just don't like hanging out with people. So I would love to have my own little world, you know, David's world. And uh, where I would go to on a regular basis, and I would create it beautifully, and every you know, just a wonderful little place to go to, a little secret place that nobody knows but me. Yes, I would like that. So your inheritance, you you've got to focus not just on this life, but yes, you have, you know, I am a joint heir with Christ, sharing His inheritance with Him. First Corinthians two and verse sixteen. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Now, this is dealing with your identity. Here's the I am statement. I have been given the mind of Christ. Now, okay, why doesn't it work? Well, because you're not thinking about it. It's the reason it doesn't work. You know, you, you know you, someone asks you a question about your faith, about your religion, what you believe, you know, and we we fail to realize our identity. I have been given the mind of Christ. You've got a problem. You've got something you're trying to figure out. How to do, what to do, how to, what approach do I take? Uh, what decision do I make? I have been given the mind of Christ. You've got a problem. You've got some sins you're struggling with. You've got a, a marriage that you're struggling with. I have been given the mind of Christ, and especially... Hey, especially if you and your wife are both in the church, both have the Spirit of God, together, you know, the two of you have been given the mind of Christ. There is nothing that you can't work out. There's nothing you cannot do. There are no answers that you cannot get. I have been given the mind of Christ. That's your identity in Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 16, know ye not that 
you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you. Okay. Your identity in Christ. I am a temple, a dwelling place for God. His spirit and his life dwell in me. What does that mean to you? Who are you? Do you even know? Have you even begun to grasp your identity in Christ? I am a temple, a dwelling place for God. His spirit and his life dwell in dwell in me. This is a game changer. This changes everything about you. This changes your whole world. This changes your view of the world. This changes whatever you set your hand to do. I am a temple, a dwelling place for God. His spirit and his life dwell in me. First Corinthians 6 and verse 19, what? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For you are brought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Okay, the I statement. I have been brought with a price. I am not my own. I belong to God. And again, because we're human, we don't like these concepts of slave. I'm a slave. And then here we go with I have been brought with a price. I am not my own. I belong to God. I mean, this is a surrender of who and what you are. This is, this, is, this is beyond almost our ability, unless we had the Spirit of God, and I think the Spirit of God makes it possible to realize what we are in Christ, your identity. But I've been brought with a price. I am not my own. I belong to God. Second Corinthians 5 and verse 15, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Okay, since I have died, I no longer live for myself, but for Christ. Is that how you view yourself? I'm dead. Okay, I died. The old man died, and I no longer live for myself. Now that's, oh my goodness, you know. Self, 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 you know, just just consumed with self. And you meet so many people, and yes, you meet them in church also, who think they're religious, but they're just totally consumed with self. They've never realized their identity in Christ. Okay? I no longer live for myself, but for Christ Jesus. That's your identity. Again, <laughs> it's, it's tough to accept. It's tough to admit. It's tough to live. But you're never going to live it until you realize what it is, until you know these scriptures and have these scriptures on a daily basis and go over these scriptures, these I, the I am statements that deal with your identity. You got to get your mind programmed to know what your identity is, and then you can start to live it. Most of us don't even have our minds programmed to know what our identity is. Therefore, we don't live it. We can't even accept it, you know. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So your identity is I am a new creation. 
It's not the old fuddy-dud me that's just stumbling and bumbling and just going through life with blinders and just doing stupid things and making mistakes over and over and over and living a life of just sin and confess, sin and confess, sin and confess. And yeah, if you sin, you're supposed to confess, but I'm talking about a way of life, uh, almost like a practice of just, well, this is what I got to do here, you know, I you know, but we fail to realize our identity. I am a new creation. You get up every day, and you in the morning, and I'm a morning person, okay, before the sun comes up, all right, and so I get my cup of coffee, and maybe go outside and just, you start your day by saying, I am a new creation. Okay. Second Corinthians 5 and verse 18 and all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, okay, the I am, I am reconciled to God and I am and am a minister of reconciliation. So you have a ministry. Did you know that? Your ministry is a ministry of reconciliation. And what is that? Well, it means basically, basically to a restoration to the, the divine. A re- we help people to have a restoration process occur in their personal life where they connect back to God. Now, you may not do it all, you know, because the body is a body. The body of Christ is a body. But you have your part, and then I have my part, and then the next person has their part of a, a, a ministry of restoration to the divine. We help people reach that, to connect back, to bring people to a point of connectivity with God. That's our ministry. So you have a ministry, and that's your part in in the ministry. Uh, Restoration to the divine. All right. Ephesians 1 and verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heaven and heavenly places in Christ. Okay, I have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. You know, the problem with this one is we when I hear people talk about blessings, they're mostly talking material blessings. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I'm you know, I got a nice car, I got a nice home, I got a nice business, I got a nice this. But you know, our blessings go way beyond physical blessings. There's a blessing of understanding, there's a blessing of knowledge, a blessing of obedience, a blessing of uh, discernment, there's many spiritual blessings. And this says, I have been blessed with every spirit, not material, although that's, that's good too, that's good too, but I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. And you need to know what your spiritual blessings are. If you are ever to understand your identity in Christ, you're going to have to identify what your spiritual blessings are. And they are many, actually. You just don't think about them. Because maybe you have a loser mentality. Maybe you're telling yourself 200 lies a day. And you don't think about your spiritual blessings. Ephesians 1 and verse 4. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Okay, I was chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy, and I am without blame before him. 
Wow, what a loaded statement. What an incredible identity in Christ. Chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. God, before the foundation of the world, had made it a, an, an ultimate decision to call a first fruit. Now, was your name on that you know, on that list? Okay, fine. If you want to believe that, I mean, I, I have nothing. Yeah, okay. Your name was on that list. I mean, may, mainly, I think God decided to call a first fruit, but in that calling, it involved you. So, yeah, your name was on that list. Um, that's encouraging to think about, but not just chosen. Okay, that's great but chosen before the foundation of the world to be holy and without blame. Okay, that's, that's, that's who you are in Christ. And you can't forget that. You can't, you know, go about in an idle mode of just being kicked and bumped around and, and, and forget that you've been chosen before the foundation of the world to be holy and without blame. That's your identity. Ephesians 1 verse 5, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Okay, I was predestined, determined by God to be adopted as God's son. Yeah. God is creating after his own kind. All right. You've been predestined, determined. God, when, when God determines something, can he get it done? Now, he's not like us. You know, we, we fall by the wayside. But, yeah, he can get it done to be adopted as God's son, ultimately to become a child of God sharing in his glory, sharing in his same type of body, which is a spiritual body. All right, Ephesians 1 and verse 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. I have been redeemed, your identity. I have been redeemed and forgiven. I am a recipient of his grace. Yeah, grace. That's who you are in Christ, forgiven, redeemed, forgiven, an instrument of his grace. Do you realize who you are? Do you realize who you are? Ephesians 2 and verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Okay, the I am statement, your identity in Christ I am God's workmanship, his handiwork, born anew in Christ to do his work. Yeah, you're God's handiwork. You're his workmanship, born anew in Christ to do what? To appease yourself? No, to do his work. There is a work that God wants you to do. It's not just sitting in church and, and listening to the preacher. There is a work that God wants you to do. I don't know why this is so hard for pe people in God's church to, to, to grasp this. It, it's, it's, you know, I think sometimes we've been brainwashed by state statements like praying and paying, you know, pr paying our tithes and praying, and that's all we can do. That's not a work. I mean, you know, work is something that you uniquely do and accomplish 
for Christ. You are his workmanship, individually, the individual person, all right? You are his handiwork, his workmanship, born in you in Christ to do his work. Ephesians 4 and verse 24, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Okay, I am a new man created to be righteous and holy. Yeah, that's who you are. That's who you are. Created to do the right thing. Created for holiness. To separate yourself from that which is wrong, evil. Colossians 1 and verse 13. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Okay, I have been rescued from the domain of Satan's rule and transferred to the kingdom of Christ. Notice that. You've been rescued from darkness. You've been rescued from that the God of this world, the one who deceives the whole world. Okay, everybody else is just going along with it. But you've been rescued from that, drug out of it, washed off, pressure washed, clean you up. You've been rescued from the domain of Satan's rule and his world and transferred into the kingdom of Christ. Colossians 1 verse 27, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ himself is in me. That's who you are. That's your identity in Jesus. Christ is inside of you. Colossians 2 and verse 10. You are and you are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and power. I have been, I have been made complete in Christ. You are complete. Now, I know we have, we're a work in progress. You know, I understand that. But for the moment right now, can you say that? I am complete. Can you go outside? For me, it's important I go outside, okay, because I'm close to crea- creation. But can you step outside, maybe on a spring day, summer day, winter day, doesn't matter, fall day, whatever, and just look up at the sky and say, I have been made complete for the moment, right now, right now where I stand, in the moment, I have been made complete in Christ. It will change your life if you can do that. It will make all the difference in the world. Understanding your identity in Christ. Colossians 3 and verse 3. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Your identity is, I am, I am, hidden with Christ in God. A lot of times I take comfort in this. I am hidden. I'm hid from evil, from the rest of the world. For those who want to attack, destroy, condemn, whatever. I am hid with Christ in God. That's your identity. First Thessalonians 5 and verse 5. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Okay, your identity. I am a son of light and not of darkness. Hey, we live in a dark world it's dark. I mean, it's just, it's, it's not just dark. It's diabolical, the world in which we live. The, the deception, the 
lies, the propaganda. But you know, you're not you're not of the darkness. You are of the light and not you shine like a light. You are different. You're not of darkness. You're of the light. Second Timothy one and verse seven. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So my identity is I have been given a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. And that's what the word sound mind is all about. Self-discipline, spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. That's who you are in Christ. Hebrews 4 and verse 16, Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Your identity, I have the right to come boldly before the throne of God to receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You know, it doesn't say, you know, we come before the throne of grace with our tail between our leg, crawling up and just our head down and beaten and you may feel like that when you sin, but th- my point is, this says we have the right to come boldly. What else are you going to do when you think about it? Boldly and say, God, I screwed up. Forgive me. By your grace, your grace has covered me and I am forgiven and now I can get back to realizing my identity and stick to my identity in Christ. I have the right to come boldly before the throne of God to receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. 1 Peter 2 and verse 11. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Yeah, that's what you that's what you're up against. The fleshly lusts which war, it's a spiritual battle against the soul. So your I am statement is, I am an alien, a stranger to this world in which I temporarily live. That's what you, I mean, yeah, it's temporarily. You know, it's, it's, it's temporal, believe me. We're just here for a short time. But you're an alien and a stranger to this. You're not part of this world. You're not wrapped up in its traditions. You're not wrapped up in its insane, crazed traditions and man-made things about the worship of God and this is how our society worships God and this is what we do you're not a part of that nonsense you're not a part of that stupidity okay you're an alien and a stranger to this world in which I temporarily live first Peter 5 and verse 8 be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walks about seeking whom he may devour your identity now understand this your identity is i am an enemy of the devil and you better believe it you have a bullseye on your back if you're a child of god and if you have the holy spirit the leadership of the holy spirit of god you are marked you have a bullseye crosshairs on your back because you're 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 the enemy of the devil all right that's your identity second peter 1 and verse 4 whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped 
the corruption that is in the world through lust. Okay, the I am, the I statement, I have been given precious and magnificent promises by God by which I am a partaker of God's divine nature. What is your nature to be? What nature are you to be working on? You're not to exercise the carnal nature, that which comes natural. No, you are to be a partaker of the divine nature. That's your destiny, to be created after God's divine nature. That's who you are in Christ. I want to leave you with this. John 14 and verse 23. This is so powerful. It can change your life. This is a real game changer here. John 14 and verse 23. Jesus answered and said to him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Consider what this is saying. I mean, here is the power of two beings, the Father and the Son, who created everything, the universe, the galaxy, the earth. And they say, we will come. If a man love me, he will keep my words. And we, my Father will love him, and we will come unto him, and we will move in and make our abode with him. Where is temptation? Where is sickness? Where is failure? Where is confusion? Where is doubt? Uh, Where is lack of faith? Where are any of these negative things when you realize what's going on here? This is the game changer. We will come unto him and we will move in. We will make our abode with him. Okay, so what I want you to do is um if you would like to write me and get these I am statements, I can send that to you or email me or respond to the website and um, send me a message, a note, and I can send you these I am statements. But what I want you to do is practice these for one month. Every morning or whatever, you know, if you're a morning person, if you're a nighttime person, if you're a middle-of-the-day person, it doesn't matter, but... Read these I am statements every day for one month and see what a difference it makes in the way you view yourself and what a difference it makes when it comes to overcoming your sins and your shortcomings. Because it all begins, fighting this spiritual battle all begins with realizing your identity in Christ. Yes, yes, it takes the Holy Spirit of God. Without the Spirit of God, there is, there's, you know, you belong to someone else without the Spirit of God. But if you have the Spirit of God, that in and of itself needs to be coupled with your identity in Christ to be victorious and to live this Christian life and to be able to fight against 
the fiery darts that are out there. Um, it's, it's, it's realizing your identity in Christ. So I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? And I'll speak to you later. For more information, check us out online at isthatreallyinthebible.net. Listen to the podcast, watch the weekly program, worship with us on our weekly Sabbath service, and be sure to visit our free bookstore. Again, the website is isthatreallyinthebible.net.